Welcome to MS Minute with DCND, your podcast for understanding multiple sclerosis. Every month, our MS experts tackle a different topic to help you manage your disease and live a better life. DCND is a private neurology practice based out of Dayton, Ohio. It's certified by the National MS Society as a comprehensive MS care center. Please note this podcast and its content is designed for educational and informational purposes only. Welcome to MS Minute with DCND. I'm your host, Natalie Pugar. This is our very first episode of season three. It's just hard to believe that we've already been here for two full years, starting our third year now, talking about all things MS. Um, And with that, we have a special guest today with the MS Society. Um, She is one of the MS Navigators. And if you don't know what that is, it's a group of highly skilled professional and compassionate professionals um, who kind of work one-on-one with patients who have questions and they are connected um, through the MS Society. So welcome, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So tell me, um, you've been with the MS Society for about five years, a little over five years now. Mm -hmm. So why did you um, decide to become a navigator? Um, So it was kind of an interesting circumstances. I um, graduated with my degree and I was working for community uh, crisis center and I also live with MS. So through like gathering resources for people at the crisis center. I came across some stuff for the society and they had some positions that were available and my education fit that criteria. So I started doing some investigating and talking to people and um, the navigator program was fairly new then. So it was really intriguing with what they were trying to work to do. So I applied. Very good. Okay. So um, with your own MS diagnosis, how long have you been living with MS? I was diagnosed in 2011. In 2011. So that really sets you up to be able to know exactly, you know, what other MS patients are going through, what they're dealing with. I'm sure that's helpful in your position. It is, yeah. So let's talk about what an MS navigator does. You know, we talked a little bit, you know, you're highly skilled, compassionate, you work one-on-one with patients, but what does that mean? What are you, what are you helping patients with? Oh my gosh, you know, that's the hardest question um, because we do so many different things and for everyone it's different. So um, if somebody calls in and their insurance company is not helping them like pay for durable medical equipment for like safety or accessibility, obviously we have the function of helping with like financial resources for that. And that's something that we pull from our sources. If it's a big ticket item, then we will allocate resources from within the community to try to get together the amount of money to cover it. In that, though, there are also considerations when we're talking to people in regards to need for transportation, for recreational activities or exercise, uh, a lot of quality of life things that get overlooked when people are just trying to maintain their status quo. That's a big part of the assessments that we do. Um, We try to remind people of self-care when they are doing, you know, they're working and they've got their families and they're really concentrating on not being a burden to people. And so then anything that is like fulfilling or just for fun or just nice or relaxing gets thrown to the wayside. So that's another thing that we try to do. So while incorporating the practical needs of people, also making sure that they appreciate that they too need to have 
things that are joyous or happy or calming and um, just really trying to incorporate every aspect of that person, not just their MS, and trying to get them set up for success. Right. And a successful life, as mm -hmm. as he would put it. Yeah. All all encompassing. So uh, and we're going to dive into some of those that you just mentioned a, a little bit more in depth. Um, but what are some of the most common questions that you get um, from your callers? Um, I'll tell you some of the most common and some of my favorite calls that I get are newly diagnosed people. Um, and they're my favorite calls. And this is going to sound weird the way I say it, but I'll explain. People, when they call, they're petrified, right? Because um, their family says, oh, Aunt Bertha had MS in the 70s and she was miserable and it was horrible. And so they're, they're calling, basically trying to figure out the end of life stuff with this diagnosis. And so... I'm always like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let's take a step back. You know, medications have changed. We know so much more about like physical therapies and um, different ways to deal with an, ex an exacerbation if you have one. Because um, a lot of people are being told by um, their family members and stuff like you got to quit your job, you got to get on disability, um, you should probably look into a wheelchair. And we're like, don't set that expectation. Let's start at the beginning. Let's let's get connected with your neurologist. Let's get you an assessment for some PT. Let's see what is, what is in the house that might be an issue. Um, are you having mobility issues? What type of things can we get you to support you so that we can work through those as opposed to become like I need this do you know what I mean so it's those are the the best ones but we get a lot of people that are just afraid of this thing that is introduced in their lives and they have no concept of what it's going to mean and that's family members as well we get a lot of family members who are afraid to talk to their person who's diagnosed with MS because they don't want to upset them and so they call us to try to get a better understanding without having to make it a focus of like a family gathering. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, and, and how important your position would be in that, in that sense, you know, even for the caregivers and for the, those living with MS, because that is scary once you first get that diagnosis and there's a lot of stuff on the internet right now. So having, having that actual person talking to you, who's going through it as well, who's been through some of that, you know, early, early stages stuff, I'm sure is very helpful. So, um, you know, what's the, what are you telling people, uh, you know, about those first stages, you know, Hey, step back there, you know, it's a lot different than it was back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, one of the first things that I always tell people is one of the best tools for living with MS is good communication. Um, so that's communication with your medical team, whether that be your neurologist, their PA, their nurse, PT, if you need OT, um, but also with family and friends, because there is a lot of expectation from people who are diagnosed to put on that brave face and to like soldier through. And often what I've seen in my experiences, they will try so hard to be okay. And then it gets to the point where they can no longer do that. The people surrounding them have no idea that they've been going through this hard time because they're not communicating it. So then that comes out of left field for the their friends and family. So that's one of the things that we really focus on is 
communicate, you know, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Just say, I'm not having a great day. Um, can we chill and watch a movie? Or, um, you know, if people have questions and you're feeling overwhelmed, you don't want to answer the questions. You don't have to be rude. Just say, you know what, that's really complicated. Call a navigator or go on chat and, you know, grab a navigator or um, there's the stuff on the website that can kind of explain that. Um, and then not being afraid, like talk to your doctor. If you are, if it's Wednesday at a two at two o'clock, and you have this thought of, you know, I'm really afraid of X Y Z. Call your doctor. You pay them. They work for you. They can have their PA call you back. Nobody is going to be upset. Like that is their job. So use that resource. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're a comprehensive center now, DCND, so that's very helpful, and we we have that in mind. So we have specific staff always on the ready for that particular reason. Yeah, and I I feel like again, people just they they worry they're being bothersome, and I I would never advocate for someone to, you know, be ridiculous with it. But again, like living with that fear and doubt, as opposed to just asking the question and getting it done with, you're creating stress and anxiety that doesn't have to be there. Exactly, exactly. And that's why you guys are there too to help, I'm mm -hmm. sure, with some of those questions as well. Um, so I know for our patients, we've gotten some questions, um, you know, in regards to financial assistance too. Is mm -hmm. that another big one that you hear? Yes, yeah, we do um, quite a bit of financial assistance, and that's nation, you know, um, through our national coverage. So. And so, I mean, that's because a lot of these drugs are just expensive. So, and you need a lot, you need an advocate, you know, an MS advocate right. in a sense to kind of, you know, say why you need it, all that kind of stuff. So how do you guys um, help um, people understand the financial part of it? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. I know, right? Um, <laughs> because they're, okay, so it's not just a financial aspect of it. It is all of the financial aspects because when you get down to it, there's the cost of the medication, there's co-pays for doctors and testing, but then there's also, you know, the price of a cooling vest or the price of shower rails and grab bars and sometimes something as simple as like, um, a different type of rug because it's a tripping hazard. And when people are on a fixed income, those types of costs come up and that can throw them completely out of whack. Um, for people who are still working, oftentimes they will have a situation where they have a relapse or exacerbation, they miss work and they fall behind on a bill. Um, and so we have some crisis assistance for that. Um, so what we generally do is we tell people, if you have a need for something, and you don't know whether or not we're going to cover it or if it's under our financial assistance umbrella, call us anyway, because here's what's going to happen. If it's not something we can cover, 99% of the time, we will have a community resource that we can reach out to for some assistance with that. So, for example, like uh, the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America, they do MRIs. So, um, Reimbursement for MRIs, initial MRIs, um, annual MRIs, they cover that. Um, Multiple Sclerosis Foundation has a different one for specific doctor's visits and office costs. Um, and we're not known for it, but typically we do more of like the home modifications, durable medical equipment, 
vehicle modifications. So, um, and then even beyond that, there are some foundations that are specific to MS that are regional that will have money for bigger ticket items like a van modification or a big ramp. And so we will look at your geographic area, see what we can get you to fit into. We can try to help reach out for like county and community um, grants. And um, so if you have a need, call us, It's it, you know, and let us see what we can find as opposed to, again, anxiety and depression and like creating this stress or doing like, you know, using something that's dangerous for you when it could just be a matter of making a phone call and letting us see what we can get put together and, and ensuring some safety in the home. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you help navigate all that. I mean, that's, that's huge for patients. I, I hope that everyone listening knows uh, what a great resource this is. Um, and, and ultimately you're helping patients plan for their future after diagnosis in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. um, the other question that we get a lot is uh, about work. And I wanted to pick your brain on that. Um, because there's not a lot of experts out there on this topic. So, you know, do you get those questions and, and how do you um, help direct uh, patients with that? Do you mean in regards to disclosing to an employer or like social security disability kind or of all both, of the above? All encompassing, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have this diagnosis, um, you work, you know, in a specific mm -hmm. job. Now maybe you're, you're finding yourself with limitations and now you might have to change jobs or yes, file, filing some of that paperwork. Um, you know, are you a resource for that to help somebody navigate some of that? So we have a whole team for benefits and employment and that's all they do. Um, and we are all trained someone in it, but I will tell you, I'm not the major ex expert in it because again, these people are dedicated like 24 seven, that's all they do. However, um, what I will say is in regards to dis disclosure, we have a ton of good information in that. Um, and that depends on the individual. And I know that that's not a great answer, but depending on the circumstance in what you're working in, you can have an idea as to whether or not disclosure is going to be beneficial or detrimental. Um, we will say that if you feel as though you are going to be looking into accommodations, obviously then the disclosure is something that can be handled, but you also, people oftentimes will get questioned by managers and um, administration for like more information and more details. And there's only mm -hmm. a certain amount that you have to disclose in regard to seek accommodation and then that goes to you know HR and you know it, it kind of goes above so you don't have to share your personal stuff in order to start that you can just say hey you know what is our process for accommodation here um, and then you know I wish I could say people don't get pushback but that's not true and mm. so then it becomes you know being in it to either fight back against that and kind of go to the ADA in your local area and let them know that you've received this pushback um, and, and file those different complaints. I will say that oftentimes people will get that initial pushback and then it kind of goes, you know, like, okay, well, we can make this accommodation and they get to where they need to be. Um, but there's so much like um, 
like pressure and fear to just quit and just to, you know, stop. And one of the things that we tell people is like research shows when people who are diagnosed with MS, the more active they are and the more engaged they are, the better they do. So even if it becomes a situation, because one of the hardest things is people who do manual labor for their job, right? Or if they have to have like really good balance. Um, There is a ton of resources for vocational rehabilitation, um, and those are located in every county. Um, And those are free to people who have a diagnosis. And again, that's something that navigators could link you to because sometimes it's so weird how you access those. It's like you got to jump through 20 hoops and no secret password, which it shouldn't be that way, but it feels that way. but there are a ton of options to do some vocational rehabilitation, get you to a place where, you know, whatever your physical or cognitive limitations are, you're still working, you're still making money, you're still engaged. And um, yeah, sometimes there are just, there aren't accommodations that can be made depending on what those limitations are. And so we definitely encourage people to look out into options. We can connect people to them. And then um, one person that I had, like they wanted to do the vocational rehabilitation, but then like transportation became a problem with that. And so we hooked them up with transport and um, they're super happy. And they, because they were afraid of not working and what that would have meant for like their entire family. Cause right, you got to sure. think about the big picture. So. I, I think that brings us all the way back again to if you have the question, just call us because, right. you know, we, we can either help with, you know, what your rights are, which you um, which you can ask for, you know, whether or not it is discrimination. We can kind of get through that place. If it's if you're like, you know, I can't walk on these steel girders anymore, then we can look into some type of um, rehabilitation. And again, those are all free of cost, which that's another concern people have, like, oh, I can't afford college or, you know, I can't afford um, this amount of time off of work. A lot of these things are free of cost and you can do them while you're tapering off your other job because it's not like a full time engagement. So. Ah, yes. Well, that's one of those things that you just don't really know you need to know all the rules and stuff until you actually need it. And so it's helpful to have someone to walk you through that red red tape and the laws surrounding labor, because there are a lot of them. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just whether or not you can go to the ADA is dependent on how many types of employees, what types of roles those employees have. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot a lot to it. And it's helpful to have someone who knows all that. I'm sure to yes. walk, walk them through that. Um, So one of the things that I was reading um, about MS Navigation, too, is just the impact on the quality of life, which we've touched on, um, wellness strategies. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, just overall, like, mental health even, you know, and some strategies that you kind of share with with some of the callers? I think we touched a little bit on that in regards to um, we get so caught up in, you know, I have to wake up and I have to do this and do that and then take this medication and then, okay, now I got to go to bed and I got to start over and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm in pain or this is hurting and this is going bad. And then we let go of so many of the things that we find enjoyable or pleasurable or relaxing. And so, um, We encourage people to try to be mindful in, you know, their day to day and that, you know, it's more than just your medication and your doctors and work and, you know, kind of trying to take those little moments, even if it's just a moment for, you know, 
deep cleansing breath or, you know, eating something that you enjoy. Um, we connect people with um, mental health services that are, um, that have specialty in like um, chronic pain or chronic illness, um, just because it is a different type of trauma that some people have in regards to frequent trips to like the hospital or doctors, getting bad news, um, concerns of like implications for family. So we always encourage people that if you are not feeling like you're in a good place, reach out and connect with help as again, trying to soldier on on your own and finding that you might be in an even worse place. And then for wellness as well, um, you know, go touch grass is something that mm. is, you know, it's a silly saying, but it, it's literally just do something that is not, you know, scrolling on your phone or, uh, you know, watching just to show that you're not really paying attention to just keep keeping people engaged with family, friends, community as much as possible, because that's one of the things that is so common. Um, people who have mobility issues will often isolate because they don't want to be the issue, whether it be not being able to access like a particular place in a restaurant or like go on, you know, to like a park or things like that. And again, that's something that we could advocate for a specific type of supportive device um, to help people be able to um, go with family and friends on different things um, in nature or at a restaurant or to the mall or whatever they want to do. But just keeping engaged is um, another thing that we really try to put importance on. Right. Yeah. We've heard a lot of that too. I love that. Go touch grass. I mean, even you know the, the importance of vitamin D and being outside, right. you know, is this huge for the, everybody, but let alone the MS population. Um, you'd also touch on symptom management. I mean, we talk about that on our podcast a lot, especially exercise, things like mm -hmm. that. Um, what do you talk to callers about? Um, so I will be 100% honest with you in regards to symptom management. We're not medical professionals, mm -hmm. so we try to keep it really focused on talk to your doctor. What is safe for you? Like on our website, here is a framework, right? And here yeah. are some things that are approved by different physical therapists and neurologists. However, at the end of the day, you're an individual. So whether that's vitamins or diet, nutrition, or exercise, your medical team is going to know what's best for you. And that just puts us again back to that communication call your doctor, ask the PA, like, what should I be doing? What is safe for me? What might be beneficial for me? If I'm having like fine motor control issues, what is something that I can do at home? And then if there's something that you need to support that, give us a call back and we'll see what we can do to get you set up. Yeah, that individualized attention, you know, is so important because every MS case is so different, as you well know. So, you know, that that um, personalized case management that I also have heard about. I mean, so that's really kind of part of your job, too, and to make sure it's like it's very personalized to the individual. Right. And I just just to be clear, so I we have navigators and case managers. Ah. So, yeah, case managers are more hands on um, and we have case managers that are regional and then they go down to city to city, but we contract with different um, agencies for case managers, for people who need someone more present to help out with things. Okay. So what, what would they help out with? 
Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> everything. Um, we when people call in when we do an assessment, if someone is having significant like cognitive issues or if they're in the middle of and something with like social security disability or housing, um, a case manager will then contact them and go over, you know, do they need um, somebody to help with actually filling out the papers? Do they need someone to physically, um, do they need to send someone out for like uh, transportation for like an assessment for things? I mean, it's it's basically, you know, I don't know how to articulate exactly what it, like how hands-on it is because it can be different in each situation, but um, everything, that's my my that's very. So, I mean, that's just an added resource. So above yeah. the navigator, then you have this other option of if you so need it, um, you know, to have an even even a deeper dive, I guess, or look at it. Yeah, and again, it's for people who are really struggling that don't have boots on the ground. I guess that's yeah, the way to that put support it. Support system. Yeah, so that's that's a good way to put it. Boots on the ground. Like if there is somebody that really needs that extra support to get them going to where they need to be then the case managers can do that. Okay, perfect. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great that the MS Society even offers both of these options for patients. Um, so what is your biggest piece of advice? You know, when when you have patients or callers, um, you know, that you talk to daily, I'm sure, you know, what do you leave them with? What is, what's those words of wisdom? Um, for me, I always try to make sure that we leave on a positive note, which sounds cliched, but there is so much uncertainty when it comes to living with MS. And so I try to reinforce that, you know, we are available at whenever they need us. And, um, but my, my main thing, and I've said it a billion times since we've been talking is communication is key when living with MS and that's friends, family, medical team, resources such as the society um don't try to do it alone that's you know reach out people are there just reach out keep connecting and keep moving forward perfect what else am i missing about um what a navigator does in in any kind of um, realm um, you know, we're just, we're, we're jack of all trades. That's kind of, I mean, I feel like we are just a landing place and then we help people get to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, I also refer to us as like a toolbox, right? So people have something that they need and we kind of tinker around and try to get it taken care of. Um, but I, I think people have this idea that they need to need something in order to call us, or it has to be something like super important or, um, no, it, like if you have a simple question or if you saw something and you don't understand it, like we're available to talk to. Um, I do wanna say we do, um, we have chat available on mm -hmm. our website. So um, if people are busy running around, if they have like speech or hearing issues, they can connect to a navigator um, through our email and chat on our website. So that's something important. We have Facebook and the online communities for people who might wanna connect to a support group but have mobility issues 
issues, things like that. Um, so we are definitely way more digital than we've ever been before. And we're working on that more to meet people where they're at and to serve whatever needs they may have whenever they do need them. But yeah, just think of us as like your friend, like next door, be like, hey, what's up? I was just wondering X, Y, Z. Okay, bye. I love it, it doesn't have to be something super major. And formal, yeah, just informal kind of chatting with a friend, which is so important in having that community aspect of MS2. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, the website they can go to to do the chat, um, how do they get a hold of you um, via phone? Um, you know what? It is... I never have our number memorized. It's one eight hundred. Why would you? <laughs> it's one eight hundred three four 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 eight six seven, and the website is the nmss.org. And when you click around on the page, the chat box will show up in the lower right hand corner. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, you're on the other side of it, so you don't have to call the number very often. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you, Maria, so much for shedding some light on this. And we hope that um, patients take advantage of, of this wonderful service that the MS Society offers. Absolutely. We look forward to hearing from everyone. I thank you so much for having me on. Thank you.